Hi guys, Liz Wheeler here. So last week while I was in Washington, D.C., I got a chance to visit Steve Bannon at his studio. I know he's not always in Washington, D.C., but he was, and he invited me to be on his show. His studio is wild. It was a, it was a fun experience, to say the least, and I wanted to share with you what we talked about. We talked about some things that you would expect and some things that you might not expect us to discuss. So here it is. One of my favorite people in all media, Liz Wheeler. I can't believe it. What did I got Liz Wheeler, I got Nancy Mace, we got Alex Jones, Rudy Giuliani. What a show. I am so glad you're here. Thank I, you for I'll having be, me. I'll be blunt, and I tell the hearings this all the time. I used to watch One America every night, or I would get the clips later when you were the anchor of the show. Why did you leave One America? Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question, Steve. Thank you for having that's, me. That's, that's what we're going to That's a loaded so, question. Hey, it's hardball here in the, in the war room. No, well, it's a good question. It's an interesting question. I was there for five years, and I had the time of my life building that show, right? You start out, I'd never been on camera before, before they gave me this incredible opportunity to be on there, and I'm forever grateful for that. You I could kind of tell that when you first started. Oh, I know. The, the clips are still on YouTube, and if you go back, little, they're little humiliating. Deer. I'm like <laughs> little deer in the headlights, but that's what I liked it because you brought the you you weren't a natural TV personality. No. But you did it with content, and no, then you, you became a compelling TV personality. And you know what they told me at the beginning, and they were correct, they, that my interview wasn't on camera. My interview was them grilling me about political issues for about three or four hours, and they were like, yeah, she has an answer to everything that we're asking her. She can learn the skills of being on camera. And I was like, okay, next step is we're going to learn here. And they're like, you're on air tonight. <laughs> um, that was One America at its best. Yeah, it's, it was. Just making it up as they go along. It was such a fun time. And listen. Great channel. Yeah, the reason I left was because I was ready for a change, because I wanted to talk to the younger generation as well. As you know, cable news viewers tend to be a little bit older, and I a wanted to... A little bit to, older. The average age, I think, is like 70. 70. Well, 73 at yeah. Fox. I think it's 73 and a half or 74 at MSNBC. They're I think older. it's the same on all the cable yeah, channels. They're, yeah, they're older audiences. And yeah, they're, and they're, and they're, and they're valuable. Not, I, I, I love them, but well, the young people I, need a voice. I, I say they're, they're, they're um, empty calories because our audience is an activist audience. This audience gets stuff done and gets involved. The, the cable, they just cut it on, and it's, it's white noise all day. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, they're very valuable. They they have controlled the outcome of our country for a long time because they've been such a large voting demographic. But soon, millennials are going to be the deciding factor. Now, we're not even talking about Gen Z. So when you punch out and do it, tell me, wh what is your line of work? What do you focus on? Because you were so good at so many things. Wh where have you? What's the center of gravity of Liz Wheeler's journey? One of the things that I wanted to focus on with my new show, which is available on all podcast platforms because that's where young people consume media, is exposing corruption. Because I think that's something that you don't have to be ideologically to the left and ideologically to the right to realize that corruption is just criminal enterprise disguised by confusion. It exists in both parties and nobody likes it. It's one of the biggest reasons we can't get stuff done. When we talk about this gridlock in Washington, D.C. or one party not being able to achieve their agenda, it's mostly because there are crooks that are cheating and People want to have that exposed. They want to see the names of the people that are doing things. They want the the shade pulled back on exactly how it's working. They want the receipts. Yeah, they do. They do. I know I'm that way for sure. That's one of the reasons that I was one of the first voices on COVID. This is before the vaccine even came onto the onto the scene when I was like, well, wait a second. We see that the case fatality rate is not this 3.6% that the World Health Organization was telling us, that Fauci was telling us. We can see from that, that cruise ship that it's less than 1% even at the high-risk population. And people, it really resonates with people to see that proof because when they see it, it's, it's hard to unsee it. Why don't you hang on? I got Liz Wheeler here. 
uh, and I'm a huge fan of hers. And I've told the hearings when you left, said, what are you doing? You've got the best network. The reason I love that you guys, you guys had the news packages and your news was not phony. It was just cut to the chase. It was none of this. I call Fox with the Murdochs TV for stupid people because just all day long you're hearing the same talking points and the same Lindsey Grahams. It's just it's, it's absurd. One America did something different. Packages that were real news packages, equivalent or better than CNN's as far as quality production. Plus, people were like yourself that were not there trying to be not trying to be stars. You were there to report stories and to give it to people. And they had a moment. They had a moment. And I used to tell them, and I love the hearings, <laughs> I tell them all the time, the episodic had you. I said, you guys don't understand what you've got. You've, you're, you could, you're a breakout. you got it right now. You've got the best talent, pound for pound. Now, I'm not a cable guy. I've never been. But I said, if you're in cable with Wheeler and Pasobic and these other people, you've got something that, 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 that could go next level. And here we are today, and we're not next level. But tell me about, you've been working on something that's quite close to your, your heart about this entire situation, the attack on the American family and destruction, using weaponizing our children to destroy the American family. Tell me about that. Yes, I have. I've actually kept this book a secret for about a year because it's my pet peeve when people announce a book and I'm like all excited about it and then I go to Amazon or wherever and it's not for sale until like next year. So I didn't announce this until two weeks ago. It's available in September. It's called Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. And it started out as a question. I think I, as a parent, like other parents, saw, especially during COVID, I mean, you look over your kid's shoulder on Zoom school and you see this poison being poured into their minds, whether it's critical race theory, trans ideology, or just moral relativism, right? Your truth, my truth is more important than the truth. And I wondered, okay, attacks have been happening for a long time, but how come this concerted effort right now? Um, and what I realized is, no, this is not new at all. In fact, the left, as we know, has been trying to re-engineer society for almost a century, and they've been quite successful at it, right? They've co-opted or captured what I would call four out of the five major cultural institutions. They've captured the media, they've captured the education system, they've captured religion, they've captured the law, and they're this close to destroying the nuclear family. There's maybe one element left of the family that's still standing, that's children, which probably explains why they're going after children. So what I do in the book is I name the names of the people behind the capture of our institutions, behind the attack on America's kids, and then I offer a solution that I will tell you is different than but, what but, the but, Republican okay, Party is offering. But, but hang on. How did we get to those the long march through the institutions? Yes. How did you get there? We've won more elections. How have the Repu particularly cultural conservatives have been at this fight for 50 years? What, were, were they controlled opposition? I mean, how do we get in this place to lose four? The, you're saying the big five. Yeah. And the fifth is like uh, Dim Ben Fu. You're under siege now, and they got the high ground, and they're shelling you every day. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? 
Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Well, this is the million dollar question because there have been good, sincere warriors in the in the culture war for a long time. But the Republican apparatus as a whole is what controls the conservative movement. And the Republican apparatus has this is a kind way of saying it. They've had their head in the sand. They've embraced an idea that of, of what our government is supposed to be or what the definition of liberty is that's ultimately self-destructive. So the second half of my book is a critique of the Republican Party because we have to grapple with the question, is freedom the ultimate end or is freedom the means to something greater? If conservatives and Republicans cannot come to a consensus on this question to organize ourselves in a cohesive way, then we're going to well, we're going to be in the chaos that we're in right now. The Republican Party for the last 50 years has chosen freedom as the ultimate end. And it's led us to people like David French saying that drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty, because if you view freedom as being the ultimate end, then it is right. Then these grown men dressed up as sexualized versions of what they think women are gyrating in front of children has to have some inherent morality. And yet you and I and everyone watching this show knows that that's grotesque. We know that it's not just immoral, that it's satanic. So that leaves us with, well, if we want to be a free nation, freedom, the definition of what freedom is, is that freedom's the means to something greater. And we need to grapple with the question, what is that something greater? What is that something greater? And order our society towards it. I don't believe in neutrality. I don't believe that we can have a neutral playing field. Either the left is going to control things or we're going to exactly. control things. We are this never going to be able to win yeah. by simply saying no to what and they're offering. And, and there's no compromise. Right. Go back. I want to hit something for a second. We said that David French and the thing, liberty is an end of itself. Um, I mean, that's a hot button. You're going to have a lot of, which is good. because, But isn't that... That's no different than Aleister Crowley's "Do What Thou Wilt," essentially, right? Is what French in the in the it, it, I don't want to say the libertarians, but the people that liberty it is libertarians. The, yeah. the liberty as an end to itself is essentially what Crowley called for: "Do what thou wilt," which was the you know the the buzzword for the 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 theme of the Satanist. Right. I mean, it doesn't work. I will confess that, like many young conservatives back when I was a younger conservative, I leaned more libertarian. I tell this funny story that at CPAC in 2016, I was asked after my speech by media out in the lobby, I was asked by this independent journalist, well, what do you think the role of government is? What do you, how do you define liberty? And I defined it in a very libertarian way, like government should stay off my lawn, just protect people's rights. And he goes, well, do you believe in the legalization of all drugs? And I was like, oh, like meth and cocaine and fentanyl? No, I don't. And he goes, well, isn't that a contradiction? And I was Caught, a little caught unaware, and turns out he was an activist for marijuana legalization, which was kind of funny. But that has stuck with me for the past eight years because he's correct. There is a contradiction to that. If liberty is the ultimate goal, if it's an end to itself, then we should have no problem with legalizing hard drugs. And yet we all know in our guts that that would lead to destruction in our society. And that gut feeling is something I talk about in my book because that's really natural law. We, we can't abandon that. When you moved, you you were in San Diego and and, and and you're married. Do you have children yet? I do. I have a two and a half year old daughter. And then let me ask you: Did the birth of that two and a half year old daughter have anything to do with the all of a sudden Liz is maybe I'm not a libertarian. Maybe I see a more complex situation here. Was it the having a child and having a family? I assume so. I mean, being a parent transforms you in a way you can't possibly imagine before it happens. It's been the most amazing experience of my entire life to be a mother, but 
having her and feeling that protective instinct, like I would die before something would happen to my child and seeing that every bit of anything that she will ever consume is tainted with this poisonous ideology. You, ha you stop and think, well, how do we create a society that doesn't have this? I can't just shelter her from this evil forever. How do we, what do we want our society to be? What does it mean when we say we want human flourishing? What is the role of government in helping achieve human flourishing? And I don't think Republicans have thought about this for a long time. I think that they're afraid to talk about religion. They're afraid to talk about social issues like abortion or gay marriage or transgenderism. They're afraid to talk about morality because they're afraid of being accused of being Bible thumpers. And the result of that is not a neutral playing field. The result of that has been the complete surrender of these institutions because Republicans have been afraid of the accusation that they're trying to mix church and state, which is a false accusation in the first place. So what I propose and what I challenge conservatives to do is to rethink your definition of liberty. And Steve, this is off, obviously, you know this, this is not a new idea that I'm proposing. This is our constitutional heritage. This but is James but it Madison. Has, it, ha it is, but it has not been put f into the uh, to the forefront. I, I want to go back to something. Elected officials, and you see this with the operatives, you see this with the donors, because the donors and the operatives don't believe what the base believes. The base are a very religious, spiritual, salt-of-the-earth people that believe in the sovereignty of the country and also the deep underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian West that, that is the foundational element of the country. The big donors and the operatives don't believe that. That's why they're in the politicians' ears all the time. We have to break. That's what has to be broken. A hundred percent. That's why you see parents across the country, even if they're not, they don't think of themselves as particularly religious, even if they're not political activists, they see the transgender stuff and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, that's not right. Because people ultimately have a sense of right and wrong inside of them, and they recognize it when they see it. It's very easy to recognize wrong. We can all look at it and say, that's wrong. What's more difficult is to define right that we want to offer as an alternative. So I challenge conservatives in my book to think of education as indoctrination. We shouldn't think of it as neutral education for reading, writing, so, arithmetic. So parent, we should indoctrinate and, children and, and, in good and, values. And are you for, what, homeschooling? Are yeah. you for... You, I was homeschooled. You think the public school system, is you can, even with the parents' right movements, cannot be saved? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Yeah, I think we should get rid of it. I think I don't think it's I don't I think it's beyond help at this point. I know that's an edgy opinion and there's going to be pushback even from within our own party on that. But if you look at what children are formed into as a result of the public school system, they are deficient in actual academic subjects. They are indoctrinated in anti-history. They are brainwashed with outright Marxist anti-Christian, anti-American values. What is the what is the purpose of the education system? I have a chapter in my book about why we have mandatory public education in our country. The purpose of this in the 1850s, that's when it became mandatory, wasn't so that children could read and write. It was because there was a wave of Catholic immigrants that came to the United States and our Protestant politicians, I say this as a Catholic, you're a Catholic. Our Protestant, I went to Catholic school too. Our Protestant politicians yeah. wanted children who were born somewhere else, came to America. They wanted them in 
indoctrinated in American values yep. and in Protestant values. Yep. Our education system particularly was formed. The work ethic. Yes. <laughs> particularly the work ethic. Those lazy mix. <laughs> you got you to get them focused. It was formed to be an indoctrination center. We just, and I know, again, that's such a controversial thing to say, right? But we just surrendered it and someone else is using it for indoctrination now. We should take it back or destroy it. Can your generation uh, be the fire breathers that we need to lead us through this? I think so. I mean, I have observed since maybe 2020, this this beginnings, this, the very, very, maybe the spark of even a religious revival in our country. And I'm talking about even among young Catholics with the traditional Latin mass and people, young people praying the rosary the way our that, grandparents did. That the FBI, that the FBI thinks sort of the, 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 the uh, uh, our weapons, the, the weapons of uh, domestic terrorism. I mean, according to the standards of the FBI and what they're trying to protect, I would I would not challenge their definition. Our, our praying of the rosary is probably an existential threat to their agenda. Wow. How do people get the book? Go to HideYourChildrenBook.com, HideYourChildrenBook.com. And it's out in September. It is September 26th. You can pre-order it now. It'll be in your mailbox in just a couple weeks. And this is Regner. Uh, real quickly, how do people get to the podcast? How do they get to all your social media? Because I know you're going to pick up a bunch of followers today. Yeah, go. you can search The Liz Wheeler Show on Apple Podcasts to find uh, to find Fasc- my show. Fascinating uh, title of the show. Thank you. Yes, well, <laughs> at least great. it's easy for people to remember. They don't have to think, what was the name of that show? They can just search my name. And you can go to uh, my Twitter at Liz underscore Wheeler as well. You're a superstar. You've always been one of the best. Thank you uh, so much. No, no, no. It's incredible. So uh, we'll make sure the show gets out there and we'll get the book and look forward to having you back on on these topics because the assault on the nuclear family from the French Revolution all the way to the Bolsheviks, uh, the Nazis, of course, Mao Zedong. It's the traditional family and weaponizing the children. That's the, that's where the game plans are to be. And you're saying we've lost four institutions, the fifth one, the nuclear family, we have to save. We do. If we don't save our children, I mean, we have to save them for the sake of their individual souls. But also, if the left captures them, then our country is done.